What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Wednesday shows are the most fun, right? We're going to have some fun on this hump day here. Get you ready for week 17. We got some tough calls. Because a very fun segment, Dynasty fill in the blank. I would rather have blank than blank in Dynasty. Wait till you see what the audience said on Twitter. But tough calls this week. Can we trust Justin Fields with his injuries at Detroit? Tyler Algier, Jarek McKinnon. How about Josh Jacobs against the 49ers? Can you really get away from a top five running back but against that defense? Uh, Ramondre Stevenson against the Dolphins. Can the Jaguars wide receivers bounce back? And does anyone care that Garrett Wilson has a very tough matchup on paper. I'm guessing not really, but we'll discuss it all today. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Heath. Let's go to Heath first. Good morning, Heath. Good morning, Adam. Welcome back, Carson Wentz. Welcome back. Elite quarterback. He once was. (laughs) He once was. He was great. Dave, you tell us a little something about Carson Wentz. He's been named the starter for the Washington Commanders for this week against the Browns. He has been named the starter, and it should be good news for the running backs there. This season, he's thrown over 25% of his targets to running backs. I believe it's the second highest rate of anybody in the NFL. Indeed it is. Most of his games were with J.D. McKissick, right? Uh, I mean, J.D. McKissick was active for those games. I wouldn't say that he was like the featured running back for Washington in those games. I would just assume that they have more running back targets in games that J.D. McKissick plays than they do in J.D. McKissick. Uh, but anyway. Would you like to know his running back target rate is before this season? This this has been a pretty consistent trend for him. Tight ends there, too. He likes to not throw it to receivers as much as uh, as others. Well, sure. You can look I, I that up. Carson Wentz trivia. Right. Oh, okay. Carson Wentz is currently tied for QB 19, 20, and 21 with two other quarterbacks. 
there are three quarterbacks battling over the next two weeks to finish as top 20 options. All three of them averaging 17.8 fantasy points per game. I don't, know why you're, I don't know why you're going to your computer, Adam. You're not allowed to use your keyboard. I'm looking at the team. I'm looking up the teams. You're Can not allowed to look this up. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the teams. I'm looking at the says. teams. That's not. I, I let yes, you do I'm that. Yes, I'm looking at the standings, quarterback. I let you do that. For I'm just looking at the teams. Uh, is Taylor Heineke one of them? Taylor Heineke is not one of them. Taylor Heineke are, is averaging 15.6, not near as good as those guys. Are, are both quarterbacks guys that were drafted? Back in I know who both is. quarterbacks started. You know one of them, Adam, because this goes back to a uh, yeah Derek Carr an argument. One of them is Derek Carr. Yeah, that's what I thought. Perfect fit. Uh-huh. They are the other the one, guy. Justin Herbert. No, Justin Herbert. Herbert no, has been bad? slightly better. Okay, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has not been that good. Really, yes. Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the answer. Tom <laughs> Brady, Derek Carr, Carson Wentz. All viewed as elite quarterbacks by somebody or another at one point during their career. Uh, I feel like the the last forty five seconds of you speaking has just been one big shot at me, like all yeah. of it. So that's not you cool, said Wednesdays man. are the most fun show. That's not that's fun. The most fun thing. That's not fun at all. Uh, more news and notes for you here. Derrick Henry practiced, and Tony Pollard did not practice. They got the Thursday game. We're going to talk. We're going to preview that one right out of the gate. But right now, Derrick Henry says, whatever they want to do, I'll do. If they want to sit him, they'll sit him. Uh, and that's fine because this game is meaningless for the Titans and uh, mostly meaningless. And Tony Pollard has a thigh injury. I think we're expecting him to play, right? We are. Okay. If he doesn't practice on Wednesday, though, I think we should be a little worried. Uh, Antonio Gibson has a sprain. And so that's, you know, you heard what Dave said about throwing to the running backs. He has a sprain. Where is the sprain, Adam? Don't know. Don't know. Mm. And Could be in a pinky, could be in his knee. Right. Uh, so, yeah, Brian Robinson, I'm sure you guys are going to like a lot this week, I think. Um, Dave Cliff I mean, Kingsbury. wouldn't the body part be listed in the injury report? Well, they haven't had an injury report yet, so we'll wait. Oh, that's right. Dave, uh, Cliff Kingsbury was very complimentary of Greg Dortch. Talk about what Cliff Kingsbury said about Greg Dortch basically said the day after the game that they meant to give him a meaningful role in the offense. They had him focus on it. They took him off of his special teams work and uh, Kingsbury liked what he saw and he wants to build off that. So I know that we have some trepidation about Greg Dortch this week because, you know, the last time we saw him have a big game, he came back the last week and did nothing. Um, But it it sounds like he's going to continue to be a part of this offense. I will like him more if it's McSorley under center because McSorley has a hard time connecting with the outside receivers, not as much with the slot receiver. And I was Dorch on 70% of his snaps. I'd also like to add that I never in my life ever said that Derek Carr was an elite quarterback. I don't know where that came from. No, but other, but other people have. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> no, that was not a shot at you. Okay. <laughs> Many people have said Tom Brady, Tom Brady was an elite quarterback at one point. I would agree with that. Yeah. I don't believe it. Tom Brady, yeah, I'm, I'm in on that. Uh, Will Disley's on IR. Derwin James is not going to be suspended for his hit on Ashton Doolin, but he is in the concussion protocol, so James may not play this week against the Rams. Uh, Arizona defensive lineman J.J. Watt is going to retire after this season, and Hayden Hurst mm. could play this week. Is he on your radar, guys, as a tight end option? Hayden Hurst against the Bills. 
Not really. No. Okay. You'd have to be pretty desperate at tight end to go with double H. All right. So you listen, you watch the podcast, you got your best bets. Now it's time to follow the action. And the best way to do that is on the CBS Sports app. Lightning fast live scoring for every pro and college football game and all the major sports, of course. You can track your favorite teams. You can track individual games that you have an interest in with the click of a button. It's also the way I get my breaking news um, you can watch live sports on the CBS Sports app. What was I watching? Uh, I guess it was the football games on Christmas. Yeah, on Christ- uh, Christmas Eve. I was uh, at uh, my brother-in-law's. We were watching the Eagles game on TV with a couple of Eagles fans. I had my phone out. I watched the Washington-San Francisco game on CBS. And then I uh, did the same thing the next day with the Rams game on my phone on the CBS Sports app. So that's why you need to download it. You can also watch HQ on there. Uh, If you have an iPhone or an Android, it's free. It's the easiest way to keep your finger on the pulse of every game that matters. Download the CBS Sports app. Okay, now there are a lot of things you can do if you want to win this week, if you want to win that championship. You might need a little luck, though. Every year, Dave gives you a good luck charm to put on your bench. Don't drop your starting quarterback. Drop your worst player. Do it on Saturday or Sunday morning. Get this good luck charm on your bench. Dave... Christmas vacation drum roll. The player is. I'm, I'm, I'm excited that you can actually do that drum roll noise. I don't think I can do that. Oh, thank uh, you. A lot of players went on IR this year from Kyle Pitts to Rashad Penny to Trey Lance, guys that we were counting on big years for. Javante Williams, how could we forget about him? A couple of rookies went on IR, some particularly early, including Brees Hall. But one rookie didn't even get the chance to participate in training camp. Uh, John Mechie of the Houston Texans, diagnosed with leukemia in late July, obviously had to go and focus on that, did not play any football this year. I am going to post a tweet with a video from the Texans of him kind of rewarding the people who helped him in the hospital in Houston, gave them a tour of NRG Stadium, and just really seems like a great guy who just got dealt a bad hand for this year. Hopefully he's back next year, but the guy's awesome. Good slot receiver, deserves to be a fantasy champion. And so I am asking everybody, if you want karma on your side in your fantasy championship week, you don't have to do it right now. You can wait till Saturday if you want to. Drop a player that you're not going to use and pick up John Mechie, M-E-T-C-H-I-E. John Mechie the third, if we're being formal. Cool. He will go on your bench, and he will be your good luck player for 2022. I love it. John Mechie for the win. Is it is it good or bad karma if someone is facing you in the fantasy playoffs, hears this, and picks up John Mechie to have on their bench against you? No, it's it's going to be good karma to have John Mechie on your bench okay. for whatever reason you want. Are you guys okay. facing and each this other? All, this all started no, years no. ago when I when I picked up Tim Tebow and uh, I I was in a bunch of finals that year and I won them all and so I was like, yes, of course it's Tim Tebow. What else could <laughs> be my own good teams or my own good luck in in the final week of the fantasy season? And uh, last year was I think it was Marquise Goodwin last year worked out. Let's do it again with John Mechie. All right, John Mechie. Uh, oh, it wasn't it was Goodwin two years ago? It was Demarius Thomas last year. Yeah. John Mechie this year. All right, and I'm done. Okay, now Dave. We got Thursday night football. No, 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 no. An injury on the Thursday night theme song. I just banged my knee into this filing cabinet. Oh, I'm sorry. What's in here? Uh, your some cartilage. 
Dallas is at Tennessee. So, all right. Heath, what's your take on who's playing in this game? I don't I mean, really know. I would guess that uh, everybody who didn't practice yesterday, it was like seven Titans, including um, some of their best offensive linemen and defensive players. Um, they had like three linebackers that didn't practice. Henry got a limited practice in yesterday. I, I still am thinking he won't play. Um, I can't imagine if you're saying we're going to rest anyone who's not right because you know this game only matters if you tie next week, that Derrick Henry would be the guy that you would run out there without an offensive line when you're not really going to compete in the game anyway if you're not playing six or seven guys. So, so I'm not expecting Derrick Henry. Okay, well, if the, he does the, the play. The other thing is, like I've heard some people say, I'm going to rank him as a low-end number two because I think he'll play a little bit, and then they'll pull him. What sense does that make? Yeah. Why why put him out there if you're putting half a squad out there and you're only going to play him for part of the game? Yeah. I don't know if you remember way back in week six, whenever they played the Chiefs, I don't remember. I gave this stat about Henry and blowout losses, and they didn't get blown out against the Chiefs. They had a great game. They went to overtime. I thought they were going to get blown out because Malik Willis was playing in Arrowhead, whatever. Um I'll give you the stat now, though, because it's played out a couple times, uh, a couple times this season against the Bills, against the Eagles. Uh, Henry's played 11 games over the last four seasons in which the Titans have lost by 10 or more points. He has scored 12 or more PPR fantasy points only four times in those 11 games. So it's a it's terrible when they get blown out. I've had a lot of trouble predicting blowouts lately. You know, every time the Texans play, I think they're going to get blown out. They never do. Um, right? The Dallas against used. It's just been, you never know what the game's just going to be, but Dallas is a 10 point favorite. So I give that say, if you're looking for a reason to sit Derrick Henry, if you're nervous about it, then there's one. Um, all right. He's the only Titan we'd consider anyway. Now, how about if he sits Hassan Haskins or whoever would be what? Zach Moss. <laughs> Tyler Algier. I'd refer Algier to both of them, but of course, yeah. What What do you mean? Tyler would would be Zach Moss or Tyler? I mean, Algier would be way ahead of Haskins, no? Of course, yes. Okay. Um, I think I have Algier at twenty one and Haskins at twenty eight. So, okay. Uh, let's talk about the Cowboys then. Uh, Dave, your general approach to the Cowboys. Well, they haven't made any announcements about sitting any players, and it could be a blowout type of a situation, but if it's going to be a blowout situation, I still think the Cowboys' offensive stars will contribute to that. So um, I'm all systems go on everybody that we've already been starting in the Dallas offense. Dak, uh, Zeke, Pollard. It looks like Pollard's going to play. We'll see. Uh, if he, obviously, if he doesn't, Zeke is going to ratchet up to being like a top eight type of fantasy running back. You'll love him. CeeDee Lamb is going to be a must start. I don't think Dalton Schultz is a must because he seems to be much more of a like target dependent type of tight end. And he hasn't been getting a lot lately um, when he's been running his routes. They've either been really short and Dak is looking further or he's been running along and it takes him forever to get there. And Dak is already throwing to somebody else. It's kind of the same thing that's been happening to Adam Thielen this year. So I'm not locked into Dalton Schultz, but if you've made it this far and you don't want to pick up another tight end and he's your tight end, then start Dalton Schultz. I was in the Cowboys DST is a must this week. They're highly rostered already. You don't have to sweat them. They're even better if Derrick Henry doesn't play. Here's the thing I struggle with with the Cowboys. Um, Like the Titans resting people 
And maybe they rest enough defensive players where this is the case, but they're so, so bad against the pass and so, so good against the run. And this game profiles as one where the Cowboys would just run it 100 times. Yeah. Um, but who can you name, or can you want to guess, how many running backs have more than 58 rushing yards against the Titans this year? Well, I know only one has more than 66 rushing yards or 68 rushing yards, and that was Barkley in week one. Uh, 58, you said? I'm going to guess jo- Barkley, um, maybe Samaje P. Ryan. Josh Jacobs had 66 yards in week three. That's the last time. That's the last time somebody went over 58, and you're correct. He's the only other person. Um, He's the second highest total against them. No, they're insanely good against the run. I spent so much time breaking down this matchup, thinking about Zeke and Pollard and what it's going to be, and if they go and sit, guys, then it's all going to be useless research. I'm going to be really mad about it. But what I see happening... I think you guys would probably sign up for would probably agree with this, right? It's like, I don't think Zeke's going to be efficient, but he'll probably get his 15 carries like he does every week, maybe more if Pollard doesn't play. He's going to score. They're going to score so many points against the Titans, and he's got a very good chance to score. He's done it in eight or nine straight games. They'll get down to the one-yard line, and he'll hammer it in. But I can't see him rushing for a lot of yards in this game unless the Titans really sit a lot of players. So I thought... I really thought the only tough call in this game was Zeke and Pollard and what to do, especially if they both play. Well, Dalton Schultz. Oh, yeah. Titans are terrible against tight ends. I would just sit Dalton Schultz, but... Um, Right, you're not going to start like Michael Gallup, right? No. He's, although he has been, like, their most targeted red zone receiver lately. I, I would certainly rather flex Michael Gallup than Dalton Schultz. Schultz, the only thing I'll, I'll say for Schultz, well, first of all, he could always catch a touchdown because the Cowboys score 35 points a game. Um, true. But his target share has gone down recently as Tony Pollard's has gone up. So if Pollard does not play, that might be something that helps Dalton Schultz. Might be. Could be. <sighs> Dak had his highest grossing yardage game of the year last week, and Dalton Schultz had an 11% target share. Yeah, that was he, really he has he's He has a... When they're in the red zone, 23%, but the lowest catch rate, 43%. Uh, he makes me nervous, but you do not have to replace him if you don't want to. Should be able to get you at least seven PPR. I'd replace him in non-PPR. That's where I'd go in a different direction. Catches count, seven PPR points from your tight end isn't the worst thing. In the he world. has one game with more than three catches yeah, in the th- last I month. feel like he's more of a non-PPR guy because you're... The more hopeful for a touchdown than anything with Dalton Schultz. And so how many times has he scored in those last four or whatever? You Zero. Yeah, okay. So I'm I'm very I'm I'm nervous about him. You'll see that I'm gonna write him as a sit ultimately. I, I just uh, in this th- week's column. Yeah, I think it's and listen, he could score and the Titans have had a lot of troubles with tight ends. Mm-hmm. But it's not like he was an elite prospect or player at any point. He had a great year last year and he had a great month this year. Uh yeah, he, he, look, he just he's just not getting targeted as much, and you know the the thing that surprised me about last week with Dalton Schultz was that there you know Dak Prescott's not throwing much. He throws usually thirty times a game, you know, since he came back from the injury, and he does pretty well with it. So that should give you hope that he's not going to have to throw much against the Titans, but he still should do fine because the Titans are, well, actually, teams throw a lot against the Titans because they don't run it, but 
Dak's just, a, you know, whatever. They're just highly efficient. But whenever Dak had thrown the ball a lot, Schultz had gotten a lot of targets. That's why I thought he was going to be good against the Eagles. And lo and behold, Dak throws a bunch less, uh, 35 times, which is a lot for him, and Schultz has four targets. The Eagles are great against tight ends, so keep that in mind. But, okay, obviously, like, it's it's discouraging with Schultz. I don't want to They did a good hard, job covering him on shorter routes. Yeah, all right. Uh, so, again, you can uh, think about the Pollard look, thing if Pollard doesn't play. Now, just tell me the tight ends that you might start over Dalton Schultz, like Tyler Higby, Dawson Knox. Would you start yes. those guys over him? Yeah. For sure. Noah Fant, too. Taysom Hill. Oh, wow. Um... What about, Wait, that's a little harder. Wow. Well, because PPR. because they 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 might get their doors blown off of them. They that's this is the the Cowboys been, might throw twenty five passes against the Titans. I don't know. I mean, can they run against the Titans? I don't think they can. I think they're going to be able to, especially if there's no Jeffrey Simmons. Well, yes, and right. That that feels like the direction they're going in. Is okay. I I think there's a better chance that Simmons sits than Henry sits. I want to talk to you guys about their week. I guess it was week 16 game against the Saints in 2019. Have you mentioned this yet, Adam? No. 2019 season, they had a meaningless game because the Texans had won the week. This is back when the Texans were like right. kind of good. And so they Texas had a Saturday game. They won that game. They won the South. All that was left for the Titans was to clinch a wild card spot. They had to do that by winning in Houston in week 17. And so they rested Derrick Henry, who had a hamstring injury at the time. And they were competitive against the Saints. It was a Saints-Titans game. Saints ended up winning 38-28. Drew Brees had a monster game. Tannehill had a monster game. But they rested players who weren't at 100%, knowing that the game was relatively meaningless. And lo and behold, the next week they came out and they blew the doors off of the Texans who were resting players in their game. And Derrick Henry had the monster game. That's why this is it's that game is evidence that the Titans will do what's best long-term for them, and that's to rest up for their game against Jacksonville. And I think that that includes a lot of key players on their defensive line. And if we see them out, then you've got to expect the Cowboys to run the ball effectively. Yeah. And, and I do think, like I've seen speculation, and I know we're talking about the Thursday game now, but of Jacksonville doing the same thing. I don't, I've not heard anything from Jacksonville that suggests that. If I missed it, tell me. But yeah. they are not in the same situation. If Miami loses out, which is very possible without Tua, we don't know if Tua will play then Jacksonville has a path to the wild card that's not that hard to believe at all. Right. Why doesn't Tennessee My have My guess that? is that they're going to play their guys until uh, they are comfortably ahead or comfortably behind. What, why, is the, why is Tennessee different? They have the same record as the Jaguars. They lose all the tiebreakers. If, oh. they, lose, if, if they lose to Jacksonville, they, they're not going to win the wild card, period. Okay. Okay, so let's finish up here. Dak Prescott or um, Justin Herbert. Dak. I'm sticking with Herbert. Dak or Kirk Cousins? Cousins. I got a little scary stat for you on Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Go look at what he's mm, done outdoors in December and January. It's uh, mm -hmm. some it's some good stuff, but some very, very bad stuff. Uh, doesn't seem like the weather's going to be too bad this weekend, though, even in Green Bay. Uh, how about Dak Prescott or... Min, like Minshew, Purdy, and Mike White, no way, right? Start Dak over him, over them? Dak over all of them. Okay. I've got Dak over all of them. Trevor Lawrence against the Texans or Dak Prescott? Lawrence. Uh, I currently have Lawrence outside of my top 12. Do you think they're going to sit him? I will him? revisit that one. No, I don't think they're... I think there's a chance he doesn't play the full game. I just mentioned that it's, it's possible that they do that. Okay. Uh, but... It, but 
look at look at how teams have done against the Texans. Mm-hmm. They run the ball well against them. They don't get a lot of fantasy production. He's going to move up. He'll be a top 12 quarterback. He'll probably be eh, 10, 11, somewhere in there. But I'd start Dak. All right, and then finally, we have to talk about Pollard and Zeke here, both if Pollard plays and if, if he does not play here. So if Pollard doesn't play, then Zeke's going to be an easy call to start, right? I mean, everybody's going to start these guys anyway. It's it's hard to imagine a situation where you're sitting one or both. <sighs> should it be, though? I mean, should this is... So I, I thought last week would be a good litmus, te- litmus test, you know, going into this week because I thought that, you know, Eagles would have Jordan Davis and we'd see... Finally, we'd see them against a tough run defense, but Jordan Davis played like 12 snaps and left with an injury. So they've just had a, a very favorable running back schedule since Zeke returned six games ago. I think it was, uh, this is a much bigger challenge. I mean, this, this Titans run defense is incredibly good. Obviously everything changes. If the Titans start sitting players, if Pollard's out, but let's say it's a normal week, let's say Heath, it were a normal week, Pollard and Zeke both play against this vaunted uh, Tennessee defense, by the way, they give up a lot of targets to running backs, so that would help Pollard for sure. How would you approach these guys? Uh, Pollard would be a must-start running back. Zeke would be a borderline number two. Oh, okay. So, okay. Zeke I don't really know what to right, say. Like behind Tyler Algier, but ahead of Zach Moss. Let's revisit this game tomorrow. We'll get a practice report from the Titans and hopefully a little bit more information. Start the Cowboys DST one way or another. Okay, uh, that'll do it for Thursday Night Football. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to make sure I don't move. I want to give an update on the St. Jude Best Ball Invitational. We have one week left in the contest. JSL, whoever you are, you're in first place. Hope you can keep it. Caleb Skaggs is in second place. Josh Schur is in third place. And all of this, we did a lot to benefit St. Jude. Uh, thank you for your donations, everybody. I hope it's been a lot of fun for you. Um, you know, maybe it was your first time playing best ball. Hope you enjoyed it. And thank you for being a part of that. And thank you so much to Casey Simons for being the commissioner, the organizer, and also in the finals in the, for the people podcast league. So good job to Casey Simons, uh, for everything that you've done to help us out. We're going to take a break week 17 tough calls. When we come back on fantasy football today. Is Justin Fields a tough call? Under normal circumstances uh, at Detroit, no way would he be a tough call. Zach Wilson and Sam Darnold just scored 22 or more fantasy points against the Detroit Lions. But Dave Richard, you got a banged-up Justin Fields who rushed for 11 yards last week. Is he a tough call? Start or sit? I am absolutely starting Justin Fields. Indoors, no worries about the elements. Matchup is favorable, whether he throws it or runs it. I will take the over on 11 rushing yards. I think the conditions, plus the defense that he played, were pretty heavy factors in why he had such a rough game. Okay, we can be he's quick QB on this one. For QB5 me. for you, Heath? Yeah. <laughs> Dave? Yeah, he's better than that for me. QB4. You guys going Joe Burrow against the Bills or Fields at the Lions? Burrow. I'm going with Burrow. Okay. And Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. But that's it. That's it. That's it. All right. Um, tough call. Let's see. How about uh, Tyler Algier? So I just, you know, it's hard to, for maybe for a fantasy manager to buy into a guy that's hasn't been a reliable starter this year, obviously, but he's emerging a bit. 17 and 18 carries in his last two games. I think if he gets that against the Cardinals, we're going to be pretty, pretty thrilled about it. 
The Cardinals have allowed 17 or more fantasy points in PPR to a running back in nine of their last 10 games. Dave, is Tyler Algier a tough call? I've got him outside of my top 24 as of now because there is still a Cordero Patterson problem. But he's played, Algier has played at least 48% of the snaps in five of his past six, at least 11 touches in four of the past six, at least 100 yards total in each of his past two. A little bit worried about his role near the goal line. I think that still goes to Patterson, especially after Algier whiffed on multiple tries last week. But I think otherwise, Algier's in a good position to get you north of 10 PPR points, maybe closer to 15. I think both running backs can have a pretty good game. I suspect both of them will be ranked in my top like 28 among running backs. I think Algier might be a little bit of a tough call in full PPR because, I mean, he did have five targets last week, but the previous month he had two targets, and so you don't know what he's going to do in the passing game. But I would not be surprised at all if he runs for 150 yards in this game. The, the Cardinals' defense is an absolute dumpster fire. I don't think you see this trend towards the end of the year towards Algier with 35 carries over his last two weeks, and then in week 17 they decided to go back to the 30 million year old Cordero Patterson as the primary rusher. So I think 30 million years I, old. I think um I think you can count on 15 to 20 carries. You can probably count on a catch or two. And um I like his chances to get into the end zone. He's a he's a must start in non PPR. He's a low end number two in full PPR. Okay. Yeah boy you just you just never know. Sometimes these teams they really confuse you with the way they use running backs week to week, like the Ravens for example. But Algiers coming on, and also he had three carries. They were on the same possession. They were basically back-to-back-to-back to back to back inside the five-yard line. And he didn't get in. He he mm-hmm. had a good chance on his second carry. But he, it seemed like he had the whole— He just fell. He fell. Um, but they did use him inside the five-yard line on three straight carries. So that was good to see. And that was last week against the Ravens. You know, he did pretty well against a really good run defense. Uh, somebody asked me Algier versus Acres, and I was tossing and turning. I I like Algier. They, Who are you guys? Gonna... What's that? What did you say? Heath? Algier. Acres. Were you saying something, Heath? I was trying to, but it's okay. We've moved on. Okay. Um, Josh Jacobs against the 49ers. There have only been two running backs who have scored more than 13.4 PPR fantasy points against the Niners. One of them is currently on the 49ers. He is Christian McCaffrey. Melvin Gordon is the other one. Um, in his last four games, of course, yeah, Josh Jacobs has eight targets and seven catches in his last four games. In the four games before that, he had 22 targets and 18 catches. Just target shares way down. Start or sit, Josh Jacobs in the fantasy championship. Heath, I'm not sitting the number three running back and leading rusher in the NFL. Even if he's playing the 49ers, I'm, I'm not like you can see here. I guess Dave and Jamie have downgraded him a little bit more, and he's outside of their top 12. I I cannot imagine even consider considering sitting Josh Jacobs. Dave. If you're loaded at running back, you can sit Josh Jacobs. <laughs> Why don't we take a look at must start running backs against the 49ers and what they've done? Uh, some of them are more must starty than others. David Montgomery, 17 carries, 8 fantasy points in PPR. Javante Williams, 15 carries, 9 fantasy points. Christian McCaffrey, 14 carries, 7 catches, 23.4 fantasy points. Austin Eckler, 6 carries, 7 catches, 13 points. I'll just say the fantasy points. 13.3 points for Eckler. 
James Conner, 13.4. Alvin Kamara, 11. Leonard Fournette, 10.6. Rashad White, 12.7. Ken Walker, 11.9. So none of these guys are Josh Jacobs, but obviously, I mean, this is an amazing amazing run defense, best in football. I don't know, Heath. Come on. I, I think Come the on. thing... No, you're, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Like, are you? Uh, no. Um, and I think you can look at it also like a lot of those names you gave. The key to Josh Jacobs success is that he gets 90% of the team's rush attempts and maybe they throw one or two passes to another running back. Like he is fully dominating that backfield. And several of those guys that you gave had someone else who also scored fantasy points in that game. I mean, you look at Kenneth Walker had 11.9. Kenneth Walker and Travis Homer combined for 18.9. Rashad White and Leonard Fournette combined for 23.3. Like, there there are days in the lead back did, and whatever Josh Jacobs did is does is what the Raiders running backs will combine for. Sure, but if you look at the guys who are successful against the 49ers, it's almost always because they're catching passes. I don't know why that part of Josh Jacobs' game has been gone the last four games, but like I said, eight targets, seven catches in his last four games. If he's getting two catches in this game, I think he's going to suck against the... Well, I think he's, there's a good chance... He's, if, he gets, if he gets two catches in this game, he's going to need to score a touchdown or else he's going to probably really let you down. That's, that's a big concern I have, you know? It's like, I, I just wish I could rely more on him in the passing game right now. I don't know. No? Not feeling that? I and it's true, and we run, definitely players who have bad games in the fantasy championship. But I'm not sitting the number three running back in fantasy. Okay, Dave, let's talk about Jarek McKinnon going up against the Broncos. I, I can't, I can't predict his role. I can't predict the catches. What do you think, starter sit McKinnon? I'm starting him. I still like the role that he's got. I know that last week was a little bit of a disappointment, but he still scored, gave you something. Um, it was more of an even split in terms of overall snaps, but he played seven of 12 on third and fourth downs, four and six inside the 10. Completely happy to continue using him in PPR. He's on the right type of team. And I think the Broncos defense might be ready to just kind of pack it in a little bit. Maybe they start out hot and then eventually they realize, oh, we're playing against Patrick Mahomes. That's a really, really tough offense to deal with. And I think McKinnon can find his way to the end zone. Yet again, I think he can get you at least three catches. I like him better than Josh Jacobs this week. They are both number two fantasy running backs for me. Yeah, he's a low-end number two running back. It was very disappointing that his usage did not continue last week, and he only had eight touches against Seattle. And Isaiah Pacheco, his fumble is apparently forgotten because he was the clear lead rusher. I, I think there is significant risk we basically seen a month from Clyde a month from Hardman as this stupid red zone efficiency guy and I you don't know when that ride's going to end with McKinnon you're starting him based on that and the Chiefs are the right team to do that with but he's not some I I I would not he's not a top 12 guy certainly no I agree with that but he's close and you gotta love the role and that's a team that should still put up plenty of points I don't love love the role last week he had eight he had eight touches last week yeah, that part stunk, but he still managed to get you double-digit PPR points. Ugh, the flukiest touchdowns with this guy. I mean... Uh, well, not with this guy, with this offense. Sure, I guess so, but all of his touchdowns, almost are, almost all of them are like 10 or more yards. He's not that kind of player. 
you know, but obviously this offense puts you in those good positions. So let's go to our next tough call, Ramondre Stevenson. So he's another, just like Josh Jacobs, catches have been down. He has two catches in three straight games. One of them he left early. So it's really the, the last two. He did have five targets against the Bengals. The Dolphins have a terrific run defense. Uh, Stevenson hasn't been a prolific rusher lately as the Patriots have really struggled to maintain possession. They've had a few games lately with fewer than 24 minutes, three games lately, actually, with fewer than 24 minutes of possession. It's hard to run the ball when you're in that situation. Dave, against the Miami Dolphins, starter sit Ramondre Stevenson. Would you start Jarek McKinnon over him in PPR? I would not. I'm still going to ride with Ramondre, who's getting a ton of work. This is all, first of all, you have to preface it by saying that we're assuming that Damian Harris is out again. So I'll start with that. If Harris is out, Ramondre had over 90% of the snaps last week, dominated, had literally every single touch on third down, fourth down, inside the 10. He's playing a ton. So huge opportunity for him again. Dolphins have allowed 11 total touchdowns to running backs in their past eight games. I would fully expect Ramondre to score and find his way to at least 70 full yards. I, I know that he hasn't been efficient lately, but I think he can still get you there. Hopefully he holds on to the football. To me, the issue is whether or not Damian Harris plays. If Harris plays, then that changes everything. And he might not even be any better than like a top 20-ish type of fantasy running back. Because now the Patriots have options with their run game. They can go back to Harris, who is theoretically nuts, and can take a lot of work away from Ramondre Stevenson. Could be a deal where it's like 60% for Stevenson, 40% for Damian Harris, but they can both work any role. Uh, except for the third down role, which would give Stevenson the nod, but still not somebody that you'd feel good about starting. I I think we might be overblowing Ramondre Stevenson's recent struggles um, because if you look at the game log, it, it, there's some concern. But that Week 14 game, he had three carries for eight yards, so I don't think we're going to say he was inefficient in that game. He just got hurt 13 yeah. snaps into the game. He also had three targets on 13 snaps, which is pretty freaking awesome. The next week, he runs for 172 yards on 19 carries. Only played 66% of the snaps his first game coming back from the injury. Last week, it was 91%. It was a great, great run defense. He wasn't good running the ball. But like, still, over the last month, he's well over five yards per carry. And he's over five yards per carry in three of the four last complete games that he's played. Well, the Dolphins' run defense has been really good lately. So, I don't know. I mean, we just saw it against the Bengals, and he struggled, obviously. I mean, is he going to struggle again against the Dolphins? Does he need the pass-catching role? And what do you think about the Damian Harris factor, too, Heath? I would definitely lower him to the RB 20 to 24 range. I think he's a tough call if Harris plays, and he's not a tough call if he doesn't. Okay. Well said. Uh, Dave, I know that Heath's answer is going to be Jacobs. If Harris does not play, would you start Ramondre Stevenson or Josh Jacobs? Ramondre. Okay, if if Harris does play, would you guys start Ramondre Stevenson or Tyler Algier? Probably Ramondre. Ramondre. Uh, No, if Harris plays, I'd go Algier. Okay. Let's talk about the Jacksonville wide receivers at Houston. You know the MO here. Teams run and run all day on Houston. Uh, Lawrence didn't, though. (laughs) Way back in, you know, earlier in the season, the first meeting... Lawrence threw 47 passes, and he just stunk. And Marvin Jones had a huge game. He had 104 yards, but Kirk and Zay Jones had 11 and 12 yards. Evan Ingram had 69 yards on 10 targets. But do we go back to 
these wide receivers, Heath, Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, last week I think was pretty excusable. Tough matchup, bad weather, short passes to Evan Ingram, um, not challenging the perimeter much at all. This week against Houston, what do you think? Did the Jaguars get that passing game going again? Do you start Christian Kirk and Zay Jones? Neither of them are top 24 wide receivers. I favor Kirk over Jones, but I would be happy if I didn't have to start either one of them. Wow, Dave? I feel almost the exact same way. I do have Kirk as a top 24 receiver in full PPR, <clears throat> but trust is really the biggest issue here. And there are so many other interesting factors, including, as we've talked about twice already on the show, how much will the Jaguars offense actually be on the field? Because if, if they're up 21-3 or something like that, or if they're down 21-3, they'll pull all their starters because they know that their biggest game is next week, not this week makes me a little bit nervous to trust anybody in the passing game for Jacksonville. So would you guys start makes me nervous to trust everybody except for Evan Ingram, to be honest with you. Would you guys start Jahan Dotson and or Drake London over the Jaguars wide receivers? I'm starting London over both in PPR, probably London over neither in non PPR Dotson over Zay in PPR. I think I have it. Kirk, rookies, Zay. Okay. And Amari Cooper, six catches for 72 yards on 10 targets against the Saints, who have a terrific pass defense, and that was really bad weather. Now he gets Washington. Not exactly a cupcake matchup here. Uh, should be kind of a, uh, probably a very run-heavy game. But um, it's a road game <laughs> for Amari Cooper. Do you guys have him in your top 24, Dave? I do not have him in my top 24. I would rather start John Dotson, would rather start Christian Kirk, would rather start Drake London. I would rather start Stephon Diggs. I am nervous about Amari Cooper, although I have to admit he is getting closer and closer to connecting with Deshaun Watson. And I do feel like Watson, I haven't watched the game. I didn't do my homework assignment for you, Adam. Uh, It'll get done before Friday. Um, I, I think that Watson is... I just, just, I think that they're getting close. I think this passing offense, especially now that it, they're out of it, it just would make perfect sense that this is when the Cleveland Browns start to really click. Yeah, and I think Amari Cooper talked about that a little bit. How like that's one of the big focuses is that next year that connection is going to be so much better, and they're really kind of force feeding it at this point to to work on it. And so I'm I'm going to go with Cooper as a number two. I would start him ahead of I think most of, the, of all the guys that Dave said, except for Stephon Diggs. Yeah, I definitely think there was a good connection. And I I remember he, as Dave mentioned yesterday, he was wide open in the end zone, lost his footing, couldn't hang on to a ball. That was just blown coverage. But he could have had it. He could have had like 90 yards and a touchdown against the Saints instead of six catches for 72 yards. Um, Watson's obviously had terrible numbers. I think he took a step in the right direction. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. Uh, You know, it would it would be interesting if Cooper were playing well right now. And then he had this road game. Because then we could go back to the home road things, but right now it just—it's just been awful with uh, Deshaun Watson in four games. But um, well, he—I mean, he had thirteen point two fantasy yeah. points last week. Yeah, yeah. It, sorry, overall it's been awful. But last week was definitely a step in the right direction for Cooper. Um, Garrett Wilson. All right, if I know Heath, this is not a tough call at all. Garrett Wilson is a must start at top Seattle. twelve wide receiver. Top what? Twelve. Top twelve. Wow, Dave. How about you for Wilson? Don't have him top 12, but I do like him quite a bit. I have him 17th among wide receivers. I would start him ahead of um, pretty much every single receiver that we've talked about so far. The Jaguars guys, Drake London, et cetera. 
just an awesome talent who's getting an upgraded quarterback. And it's not the easiest matchup in the world against Seattle. Uh, get the idea of Tariq Woolen erasing him out of your mind. Why? Woolen plays one side of the field, uh-huh. and Garrett Wilson can line up anywhere the Jets want to put him. Okay, but he so, typically uh, lines up on that side of the field about 60% of the time. Okay, well, that doesn't mean that he's going to do it in this game. Uh, I'm sure there will be snaps where he is lined up across from Tariq Woolen, but it's more about the, the scheme that they're facing and the coverage that they'll face mm-hmm. more than it is the people who they'll face. All right, and I don't think in clutch time, if if the Jets move Garrett Wilson to Mike White's right or they move him into the slot, the Seahawks are finally going to say, all right, it's time to get you moving around, Tariq Woolen. Like, that seems like a tendency that we can bank on. Woolen playing to the quarterback's left. So I'm totally good with Garrett Wilson. I would expect him to get north of 15 PPR points. Okay, in the last seven games, look at what the Seahawks have done to number one receivers. DeAndre Hopkins, four catches, 36 yards, and a touchdown on five targets. Mike Evans, five for 54. I don't know if you want to consider him or Godwin. Godwin plays in the slot more often than Evans, obviously. Devontae Adams, seven for 74 on 11 targets. DJ Moore, no catches. Brandon Ayuk, two for 19. Juju Smith-Schuster, three for 27. So that's Hopkins, DJ Moore, Ayuk, and Juju all under 40 yards. Evans with 54 yards. Devontae Adams in the midst of his ridiculous stretch, went for seven for 74 on 11 targets. They are third best against wide receivers. So that's why I bring it up. Otherwise, it would be a no-brainer. I think part of the reason they're third best is because teams run all over them, but I don't really think the Jets can do that. Um, so that helps here at Wilson. But, okay, I'll just throw it one more time, Heath, since you have him in the top 12. Just told you what they've done against some pretty damn good receivers. That doesn't matter to factor in at all. It it doesn't matter to me. I think anybody but Zach Wilson is going to throw the ball 10 times a game to Garrett Wilson, and Garrett Wilson is a superstar who is a top 12 wide receiver as long as Zach Wilson is not his quarterback. They have had some good performances against some very good wide receivers. They've also given up some production against some very good wide receivers. I think he's going to score somewhere in the 15 to 20 fantasy point range this week. Okay. Let's do some dynasty fill in the blank. I asked you. Wait, I just... I'm sorry to interrupt. I wish I could share my screen right now. I'm I'm watching Deshaun Watson's throws from last week. I'm doing my homework assignment late, I guess. And I'm just now watching the incomplete touchdown to Amari Cooper. Cooper is running around like everything's normal <laughs> on the play. And then literally as soon as the ball arrives, it looks like <laughs> it almost looks like when a wrestler pulls down the top rope to have somebody go over the top rope and they fall like play on their back while holding the top rope in the Royal Rumble. That's that's what happened. It looks like he's purposely not catching the ball on the play. It's so funny. I wish I could show you this. It's it's on the uh, it's it's yeah, comical. That game it looked like LOL it, was, Brown. it was being played. You know how on a podcast you can put it in 0.75 speed. It looked yes, like the that's players what the game looked like playing. The, yeah, they, but so. like th- there's no slipping and sliding for Marco. He, he's literally running around for a good five seconds. <laughs> and he doesn't lose his footing at any point. Like he's running an out route and then starts running back toward the post and he's wide open and no one's near him. And then he throws and the ball's right there and he just falls flat on his back. And it's just the craziest thing. Like, yeah. why are you falling on your back at that point? <laughs> the ball's not behind him. Sorry for the diversion. Okay. I asked you Brown. to fill in the blank. I would rather have blank than blank in dynasty. We got some pretty good answers here. Let's see if we agree. Uh, from Gurmeet Sani, I would rather have Jahan Dotson than Chris Godwin in Dynasty. Hmm. No. Disagree. That's 
That's probably – I'm getting ready. Next week I'm going to update all four positions and the dynasty trade chart heading into the offseason. And so it will be obviously an update without this year in consideration at all. And I think that definitely helps Dotson um, because I'd rather have Godwin this week in the championship. But it's not it's not as crazy as it sounds. Godwin's, what, 28 years old? No, he'll be 27. He's almost 27. 27? Okay. Yeah, I think I think Godwin's probably going to be right around 12th, and Dotson's around 20th. So I'd still rather have Godwin. Charge and Chuck says, I would rather have Garrett Wilson than T. Higgins in Dynasty. I can't sign up for that one. I can't um, either. I had Garrett Wilson ahead of T. Higgins in my last update a month ago. So, yeah, uh, Garrett Wilson was at wide receiver six the last time I updated my dynasty rankings. Do I think Garrett Wilson is the more talented receiver? Yes. Like, talent standpoint, like, I'm really impressed with Garrett Wilson. I think he's an incredibly talented receiver. Mm -hmm. We don't know what his quarterback... Obviously, it can't be as bad as Zach Wilson anymore. He's going to get somebody who's better. But T. Higgins has Joe Burrow for the foreseeable future of his career. I will say that Garrett Wilson without Zach Wilson this year has been better than T. Higgins this year. Are you considering the three games where T. Higgins barely played? Uh, No, but I am considering that Garrett Wilson had to play those games without Zach Wilson with Mike White and Joe Flacco. Yeah, I I, I just love love this. It just seems like I was thinking about this this morning. This seems like a a worse version, definitely a worse version of Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne. And they're going to burrow Chase Higgins. I just feel like they could be so good together for, you know. I'm not I'm not long. sure it's a worse version. Oh, it's a worse version. How could it not be I, a worse I think version? Chase and, Chase and Higgins could absolutely be better than Harrison and Wayne. Oh, my. I don't know. I mean, talking about, just from a, you know, from a passing standpoint, from a number standpoint, you know, obviously 16 games versus 17 games, but Burrow's not going to do what Peyton Manning was doing. I guess off the top I of my mean, head, I, I don't know the stats for for Harrison and Wayne, but I I don't I, I no. Don't. I mean I mean I would definitely say that Higgins and and I don't know this. So let's just I'll I'll look at it while you look at the next one. But I would okay. guess that Chase is uh, is is ahead of the pace of Marvin know. Harrison after his first two years, no doubt. Harrison. Oh, got off oh uh, okay. For no, I'm just I'm just mean like the prime years of that trio: Peyton Manning, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison. I don't yeah. think Burrow is going to, I don't think the Bengals trio is going to be as good as that. It's a notch below, but it's, if you, if you really think about it, I think it, it is close. Yeah. It's exciting. You know, it's, it's exciting and it's, and it's, I think, you know, it's reliable. I think that's going to be, so you would still good. say, let's say Jamar Chase has no injuries, no major injuries. You would still say that Marvin Harrison ends up with a better career than Jamar Chase. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the sky is the limit for Chase. I, I think Higgins versus Wayne right. is probably it, no. It's really it's Peyton Manning versus Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is not going to do what Peyton Manning did. That's that's basically what it is. Um, just got, the sky is the limit for Jamar Chase. The well, catches won't even be close. For though. one thing, he's like already what twenty six years old. He was so right. old when he came in. All right. But uh, the, I mean, Marvin Harrison, the catches is just going to crush Jamar Chase. I think right. I per game. I, you know. Maybe. I, I don't know if I can definitively say that. Chase is a really special talent. I know, but he's like a downfield, more downfield guy. Like how many, Marvin Harrison was routinely he, a But he catches. could also turn into an all-around mega stud. 
I mean, he, he basically could be if they wanted to use him that way. Jeez, look at this stretch. Four seasons, Marvin Harrison averaged 117 catches. Per, per 17 games, he averaged 125 catches per season in a four-season stretch. A lot of that was 143 catches one year, but still, yeah, that's just who he was. He's just a different player. Okay, anyway, uh, Art Vandele says, I would rather have Christian Watson than Terry McLaurin in Dynasty. I'm, I might sign up for that one. Might sign up for that one. That that so far that's the closest one that I've seen. And I've got McLaurin, and I could have had Watson too in my dynasty league. Yeah, I'm regretting think, it now. I think Watson could end up being pretty darn good. I had McLaurin 25 and Watson 30 a, a month ago, so it'll be very very close in the next update. It's, like, yeah. There's a chance that this time next year we're talking about McLaurin as a really good number two receiver for the Commanders. Hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting because it's you wish you had a little bit more of a sample size with Christian Watson, but it's exciting. From Greg, um, go ahead. this is this is fun. I, I just have to do this, and it's a different era, and that's one of the reasons I kind of balked it. Pretty close. Um, first three seasons of their career. Joe Burrow needs basically 700 yards and four touchdowns in his last two weeks to catch Peyton Manning for the first three seasons of their career. Manning played 48 games. Burrow will have played 43. Yeah. Manning's rookie year was awful. But that's not really what I was talking about, though. I just I don't see Joe Burrow putting so up Peyton Manning numbers. But, um, like, the best year of Manning's first three was... 4,400 yards. Burroughs already had a 4,600-yard season in year two. Played more games, though, in that season? He played 17 games. 16 games last year. 4,600 yards. Okay, so Heath, I know you're giving me all these numbers. Now I'm going to tell you that if you think Joe Burrow is going to be Peyton Manning, then he needs to be number one in your dynasty quarterback rankings, okay? Like, you could say this all you want. What I'm telling you is the game is so much different than it was in the late 90s and early 2000s. Yeah. Um, Peyton Manning did not have a 5,000-yard season until he was 37 years old. He didn't have a 4,500-yard season until his seventh year in the league. Um, Yeah, All right, but I'm looking, but what was the year, when did Marvin Harrison... When was his okay? He, he broke I don't out know. in nineteen ninety nine. I'm just telling you, like I'm not Joe Burrow relative to the rest of the league is not going to come close to Peyton Manning. I don't think, although he might. But like just looking at numbers versus numbers, it's 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 very possible. Okay. Um. Let's see. So, what do we got next? Uh, Greg Ward. I would rather have Justin Fields than Lamar Jackson in Dynasty. I would too. First one, I'm straight up buying. Yeah, I um, I think that's right. The the yeah. Okay. I think things are wrong in Baltimore. Something's up. From and, Corey, uh, our buddy Jason Lacanfora has seemed to. I don't know if it's like a full report suggested that Jackson could be franchise tagged and then traded. Oh wow. The, the thing I would say for Jackson is that as bad as quarter 
quarterback play has been. If Baltimore is willing to let him walk or trade him, there's a dozen teams that would just give him the moon. A heartbeat. The moon. <laughs> You're absolutely. And right. like, what if he goes to Atlanta with Drake London and Kyle Pitts? Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, uh, let's finish fun. up here. Uh, sorry for the internet connection issues today, guys. Uh, I would rather have Corey says I'd rather have a Monra St. Brown than Jamar Chase. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, St. Brown has earned all the cred in the world in fantasy, but I'd rather have Chase. I would rather have a Monra St. Brown than Higgins. Sure. From Aaron, I'd rather have T.J. Hawkinson than Kyle Pitts in Dynasty. Yeah. Where do you have Pitts ranked, Heath? He was two in the last update. He'll probably still be two. Um, I can't argue with anybody. Okay, I would rather have from Michelle, I would rather have Linda Evans than Joan Collins in Dynasty. <laughs> I didn't I didn't get that joke at first, but those are both actresses from the show Dynasty, which is very, very funny. So very good, <laughs> Michelle. Uh, from Nate, I would rather have Tyler Algier than Miles Sanders in Dynasty. As someone who has Tyler Algier on his Dynasty team, I like to read that. And there's obviously some question about what Sanders becomes after this season. He's a free agent. Even if he stays in Philadelphia, it's not exactly a lock. You could talk me into the problem is that Algier is probably going to be in a timeshare as well. Two years from now, both these guys might be useless. Um, yeah, I think Algier's a sell, but Sanders is last update. I had Sanders at 23, Algier at 31 at running back. Mm-hmm. I could absolutely see by May that Algier is ahead of Sanders. Yeah, I think I could see it too. I think I'd lean Algier, as as weird as that sounds. Last one uh, from Logs. I would rather have Trevor Lawrence than Justin Herbert in Dynasty. Go ahead, Heath. I've still got Herbert higher. Let's hope Sean Payton fixes everything. Right. Because mm. I, I really do believe that if Herbert's got a good offensive line and a better play caller, he could just be awesome for fantasy. Okay. I mean, Lawrence has those things already, though, and he's going to get Calvin Ridley next Come year. Come on, Dave. You got to pick. Hunger? You got to pick. All right. Give me Trevor Lawrence. All right. I, I, I do yeah, want to say, because like, I've had a lot of questions about Calvin Ridley in Dynasty. I'm, I'm pretty skeptical. He'll be 28 next year. We've mm-hmm. seen the rest Deshaun Watson had to work off. I'm pretty skeptical of Calvin Ridley. I, I, I don't think we should like immediately reanoint him as a top 12 dynasty receiver, but I'm sure we're going to do some dynasty startup drafts, and I'm sure he'll end up going in the first five rounds. All right, time for emails. Fantasyfootball at CBSI.com. This one's from Andrew. Half PPR, who would you start? Cam Akers, Jerry Judy, or Christian Kirk? I think it's got to be Judy. Judy. I was like, why is he thinking about this so long? <laughs> this Judy. Well, yeah, Cam Akers is coming off of a three-touchdown game. He's been playing well for the last several weeks. Is it crazy to think that he can't have another good game against the Chargers? Uh, I would love to have this conversation, but I'd like to just really get this show over with. Non-PPR is Cam Akers. Uh, this is Paul from Georgia. Give me three of the following in full PPR. DJ Moore, A.J. Dillon, Jarek McKinnon. Chris Olave, Tyler Algier, Jahan Dotson, and Chuba Hubbard. You say non-PPR? Full PPR. Full PPR. So DJ Moore for sure. I would go with the first three. Moore, Dylan, McKinnon. Mm. 
Did you know that DJ Moore has basically become Gabe Davis? He is uh, with Sam Darnold among the leaders in route depth and ADOT, and he's catching a big ball, and he has not had more than seven targets in like seven straight games or something. Uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. His profile is a little scary. I know the production's been good, but he's a big, he's relying on the big play every week. Well, there's not he's, a must-start guy in that list for me. Uh, Moore, Dylan, McKinnon. Yeah, if Jones is out, I think Dylan's a must-start. Uh, oh, yeah. Algier. I think even if Jones plays. Yeah. Okay, so more Dylan and McKinnon. From Devin. I would go Algier over Dylan, unless Jones is out. Okay. From Devin. Help me beat my brother in the finals. Do I bench Aaron Jones for Chubbard or Dotson in PPR? I would not. I think I would. Oh, if Dotson had an easier matchup, and maybe with Heineke, eh, I don't know if the quarterback matters as much. I'm kind of more excited about Dotson than I am Aaron Jones. I, I don't think Jones is right right now. From Anthony, Tyler Algier or Jarek McKinnon this week? I'll start McKinnon. Definitely Algier and non-PPR. Um, I've got Algier one spot higher in PPR as well. From uh, uh, from Ken, he says, hey, Adam. you're not. He's not, fr- he's not Adam. I'm Adam. <laughs> Uh, starting Saquon Barkley as my number one running back. This is a touchdown-heavy standard scoring league. At number two running back, do I go Miles Sanders or Ezekiel Elliott? The answer is Zeke if there's no Pollard. It's yeah, closer if there's if Pollard. Pollard. Uh, yeah. I will. How about this? I'll go Sanders if Minshew plays. But you're not going to know that by the time the game comes around. Right, we're not going to know Jalen Hurts' status by Thursday, are we? No, we I might. Can't you can't go with Sanders if Hurts is going to play. You take Zeke otherwise. And the last question from Ken is DK Metcalf against the Jets or Jahan Dotson against the Browns? DK. DK. All right, everybody, thank you very much. Again, apologies for the internet issues. I appreciate you bearing with us. And... Yeah, sorry, it sucks. This is one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Okay, okay, I get it. Thanks again. We'll talk to you tomorrow with Starter Sit for the AFC home games. And we have a live stream at 2 p.m. Eastern on Thursday if you have any questions before that Cowboys-Titans game. See you, everybody.